The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Dave Believe it or not, there was some good that happened in the game tonight. The Royals hit four home runs, including three in a row from our player of the game, Lorenzo Kane. Unfortunately, the bad was just about everything else about this game. Jessler Cuthbert went yard. That was good to see. A two-run shot given KC a temporary 3-2 to two lead in the second inning. But otherwise, more brutal starting pitching, porous defense, and bad relief pitching. Namely, everything that made the Royals good is the exact opposite over the last two weeks as Casey drops another one in the Bronx 10-7 to in a game that felt over, then one, then over, then one, then over. You follow me on that one? It's Davo. Clubhouse conversation. Your dish. Lorenzo Kane, your obvious player of the game. Three for five. Three home runs in three consecutive at-bats. Five RBIs for Lorenzo Cain, who had a solo shot in the third inning. The Royals gave Tanaka his worst outing of the year, tied for the worst of his career when it comes to earned runs. Cain again takes him deep in the sixth inning, a three-run shot, and equal opportunity gives Andrew Miller his first earned run of the season with the solo shot in the eighth inning when the Royals came back and tied it after that rough seventh inning, and you thought they had it won again when they tied it, right? Didn't happen. Lorenzo Cain now OPSing 723. Obviously, that's not good, but my point is he's going steadily up from where he was even a week ago. And, of course, it's early, so numbers are going to jump a lot. I get that. But good to see Cain moving north towards where he should be above 800 when it comes to OPSing. Another good week away from achieving that. But the Royals struck out too much. Eight strikeouts again tonight, just one walk. Although, again, it wasn't the offense that lost the game tonight at all. More on the pitching in a few minutes. Uh, some more good offensive news. Eric Hosmer, even despite not doing much tonight, OPSing 919 still. Gordon up to 699 after an opposite field double and a run for Alex. Great to see that. Salvador Perez at 704. One for four. Again, 699 for Gordon, 704 for, Gore, for Perez are not good. My point being, though, the Royals are starting to move their OPSs more towards where they need to be. And Cuthbert, like I said, his second big league home run, a two-run shot that gave KC a temporary lead in the second inning. Overall, two for four with two runs and two RBIs. Other than that, though, let's get to what the, the story of the game is, and that's pitching and defense. Both god-awful. The Royals continue to look disinterested on defense. Lethargic, tired, no energy. We saw Lorenzo Cain, and I'm not going to harp on him too much because of how good he was offensively, but a couple very bad plays in center field. Has had trouble tracking balls a good majority of this year. Lots of bobbles. We saw that again tonight. Uh, LCD's Escobar in the biggest not-played ground ball of the game in the eighth inning after Chase Headley grounds out would have been two outs and nobody on with Kelvin Herrera in. Routine ground ball hit to Escobar after Chase Headley had already grounded out 4-3. This time, Ben Gamble hits the the ground ball to Esky, booted it. And what do we all say here that you can't quantify defense? You never really know, right? If Escobar makes that play, there's two outs and nobody on. Tie game in the eighth inning. A good chance the Yankees don't score there with two outs and nobody on. There was an onslaught after that, which we'll get to in a second. But, I mean, Escobar not making plays on defense. Kane struggling on defense. They've seen Omar Infante the last 10 days look like he aged 10 years in the span of a week. You know, Mike Moustakis is playing with a broken thumb, so I'll dismiss his, uh, you know, first inning error that was costly against Washington. But, you know, you go on and on throughout the field. There's just guys, Alex Gordon, you saw him throw a ball over the catcher's head tonight. And Joaquin Soria not even backing the play up as he should have been. 
just my point being, all across the diamond, the Royals are not making the plays right now on defense. And that's very concerning. The most concerning thing to me is the defense. And we saw it so good. And hopefully this is just one giant slump, guys. But as I keep telling you, I told you coming back into Cleveland, that you know after the Royals had struggled and got their tails handed to them by the, the Nationals, I said the season's got to start now. they got to start playing. And they haven't done that. Ever since then, the Royals are 1-4. and four, And that's definitely concerning. My concern level has gone from 2 up to about 4 now. The Royals are about a week away from being in bad shape. You keep losing like this, let's say you lose five your next seven, you're in bad shape. But 200, 500, thank God that's all that they are right now. you got to figure the Royals are just about to finish their toughest stretch of the season, get back home to the K, hopefully cure their ills against the Braves. We're talking they need to sweep this weekend. The Braves are awful. Less than 10 wins, less than 10 home runs. The Royals got to sweep the Braves this weekend. That's that's where we're at now. You can't just accept two out of threes anymore if you're going to, you know, most likely the Royals will split the next two and lose three out of four. And go two and five on this road trip, which is awful. It's not acceptable. But you got to be realistic at this point. The two realistic things being, number one, the Royals are playing about as bad as they can, and it's still very early. So still plenty of time to turn things around. But you got to be realistic on the other hand, being that if this continues much longer, you know, we're about 20% through. We're getting to the point where if the White Sox keep winning, I mean, I'm not looking at games back. I believe the Royals are seven and a half now pending. I don't pay attention to that right now. I look at where the Royals are. The Royals will have to be at least five games over 500, obviously, at the All-Star break to compete for the division. That'll for sure keep them in the wild card hunt, at the very least. That's the other thing you got to remember is it's not just the White Sox. That's not the end all of the season. There's still two wild card slots as well. And I'm not conceding anything. This is far from over. The Royals have 19 games against the White Sox, still another 16 against Cleveland, and on and on. So plenty of chances to make up ground and start playing better baseball. But there's plenty to be concerned about, too. So the defense, not good tonight, right? The play that Escobar didn't make, like I said, it should have been two outs, nobody on. You know, it's not. Brett Gardner doubles in a run. Starlin Castro hit by a pitch. Brian McCann, a double. By then, when Beltran and Ackley made outs, didn't matter. Three runs were in. Can't quantify that defense. The play's made, everything's different. You can definitely tell when plays aren't made, though, can't you? But let's start with the story of the pitching tonight. Let's, let's go back to the beginning, and that's Chris Medlin. Again, god-awful. Two-plus innings, less than three innings now, two starts in a row for Medlin. Four runs on six hits, three walks, no Ks, flat, up. Everything was on a T. Breaking balls just were flat out of the middle of the plate. There was no fastball command. It was just hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, and the Yankees did that. Ned Yost got him out in a hurry. Give him credit. Ned Yost did a nice job with Brian Flynn as well, I thought. I think at first Ned was going to stretch Flynn out for three or four, burn him, and send him back down to Omaha, but when the Royals came right back, you know, after a couple of innings, he said, "Oh, let's go to Duffy. You know, let's let's uh, let's save the pen and, and keep our long guys available for Ventura tomorrow, who's on his own been very, very nerve wracking and concerning." Medlin now has a seven 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 ERA, fittingly enough. A little like a Christmas tree, two starts in a row. At Royals Clubhouse, got a couple tweets: Is Medlin safe? Is he out of the rotation? He's safe to me for at least one more start. He hasn't been as bad as Chris Young. Because, yes, he's gotten lit up just as bad in the games where he's been awful. The last game, though, there was so much bad defense. That it, just, it makes you wonder what would have happened last game if there's two outs, nobody on in that first inning against the Nationals. I, to me, he needs another start, right? And, and some of that, too, is because the Royals don't have a lot of options right now that you want to see up here at this point. The Royals are really hoping that Mike Miner can take over that slot from Medlin and or G slash Young. I mean, well, obviously, Miner's going to be in this rotation. He's about a month away, maybe three weeks if the Royals speed him up. 
But that's, you know, four, five, six more times for Medlin or whoever's in that slot. So the Royals would like Medlin to, to, to obviously pitch well enough where he can stay there all year. But if not, you'd like to see him at least hold it down until Mike Miner can step in. Otherwise, Kyle Zimmer is nowhere close to being ready through an inning and two-thirds in Wilmington with 5Ks. Who knows if he'll stay healthy? He's at least a month or two away, unless they finally just say, F it. If he's going to get hurt, let's just bring him up to the major leagues and get what we can out of him. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Danny Duffy asked to be in the bullpen for a year before the Royals put him out there. We've seen him turn into a stud out there. And if the bullpen continues to struggle, if Joaquin Soria continues to struggle, you may have to use Danny Duffy in a more prominent role out there, especially if your starters aren't going to give you six innings. And Duffy's never proven he can give you six innings as a starter. So to me, it makes no sense moving him out of a place where he's a strength and where he may be needed if the bullpen continues to struggle. Guys like Joaquin Soria, mainly, is who I'm talking about. You no longer have Dylan G down there, either. I mean, you take Duffy out of that, that then you've got, you know, what, Medlin and Young out there with Wong? I mean, do you really want those three guys manning the fifth and sometimes sixth innings? Duffy needs to stay in the bullpen. That's where he wants to be, and that's where he's best. Brian Dunsing in Omaha, not in the 40. Matt Strom down there has been fantastic. I don't know if he's ready yet. The Royals love him, as they should. Miguel Almonte, nowhere close to being ready. Brooks Pounders, on and on and on. There's some names down there, but it's just a lot of these guys aren't in the 40, man. And in the grand scheme, you got to go with Chris Medlin. You're paying him the money. He's an established major league pitcher. Yes, albeit coming off his second Tommy John. You're going to sink or swim for Medlin with at least one more start. Brian Flynn, two innings of one-run ball, two Ks and a walk. Good job by him. Danny Duffy gave up the one hip at the K in the fifth. How about Luke Hochaver, one, two, three, with three Ks in the sixth. Joaquin Soria, of course, bad again. His third balk already this year after having two his entire career coming into the season. He blows the save. Two runs, three hits, now a 4.96 ERA for Soria. We ain't too far away from him being, in my book, moved down with Danny Duffy taking over. We're to the point now where we're getting close also to that magical you know, 45-game mark is not too far off either. I mean, you're to the point where you've got to move Hochaver, Davis, Herrera, and Duffy into your main four guys, I think. I mean, I don't know how much longer. Soria hasn't been awful. You look at what he's allowed, it's very soft hits if you look at velocity coming out the bat against him this year. One of the lower in the league. I mean, he's he's not getting lit up as far as balls just being smoked. But you know what? Bouncing balls up the middle, bloopers in the left, it doesn't matter. They're consistently happening, and at some point, it's got to come back to Soria. And yes, the box are probably BS. Yes, the one tonight called it second base. What would have been strike three and two outs of that inning? And again, maybe he gets out of that inning. You know, the Bach waved off the strikeout and, and moved the runner to second. Of course, he scored right after that, because why wouldn't he the way things have been going? But again, you got to be able to pitch through it. Again, you're giving up a lot of base runners. Uh, Joaquin Soria's got nobody to blame but himself at this point. He's had some bad luck, no doubt. He's frustrated. He's a great guy. In my book, he's a Royals Hall of Famer, but uh, it, it's about results, and the Royals are at the point now where they can't dig much more of a hole here. You know, They're getting to the edge of where it becomes danger zone if they don't start playing better ball. So to me, you've got to make some adjustments. The bullpen reshuffling being one of the main things that's never talked about that should be. Kelvin Herrera in an inning, two earned runs, three runs overall, but the Escobar error. Like I said, though, you get those first two out in the eighth inning, I'll bet you a nickel they wouldn't have scored a run off of, off of uh, Herrera. Plays that aren't made, man. Defense can't be quantified until it's the plays aren't made. You never know what great defense saves you, which is why it's impossible to me to even measure how good the Royals have been the last couple of years on defense and how important that's been to their wins. I mean, I know they're consistently UZR and number one rated on defense, but you still can't quantify how good it's been and how many runs it saved, how many, you know, how much mileage it's saved in your bullpen by having 
starters being able to go a little bit longer because of the defense, bullpen guys being bailed out, on and on and on and on, runs being saved, games being won. You can't you can't quantify it. The Royals now dropped to 15 and 17. At least they're not the Yankees at 13 and 18. But of course, the Royals had big expectations this year, and the Yankees didn't. So, <sighs> turn the page tomorrow. You're Donovan Ventura, two and two with a four six five against Michael Pineda, one and three with a five seven three. Do I like the Royals tomorrow? Yes. Am I wearing blue goggles? Yes, because, <laughs> because Michael Pineda has been very, very unlucky this year with contact. The strikeout numbers have been pretty good. His numbers probably shouldn't be as bad as they are. Your Donovan Ventura, meanwhile, has not, his numbers are as bad as they should be, if not worse. I mean, a guy who has now dealt 11 walks over his last two outings. Not good. Comes off five runs against Cleveland. Pineda comes off six innings, two runs on eight hits. Versus Boston. Looking up and down the Royals lineups, Salvi is 5 for 15, Dyson 2 out of 4 against Pineda. Ellsbury and Teixeira, Ellsbury not playing, of course. Teixeira is 1 for 3 off of Ventura. Not much analysis. If Ventura can, I mean, it's pretty obvious analysis, I should say. Not much to talk about tomorrow. You figure the Royals will get a couple runs, three runs off of Pineda. I, I expect him to be good tomorrow. Two or three runs over seven. You got that great bullpen. The Royals are going to win. Ventura's going to have to be the old Ventura. We're going to have to get six innings of two-run or less ball out of him. The Royals are going to have to play defense. And Ventura's going to have to quit walking, guys. Because you walk guys with that short porch and all the left-handed bats, veteran bats, they'll find a way to beat you. Last game I love the Royals in. Ian Kennedy, Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi throws 100. Hit it three times his last start. 2-2 two and two with the 4-7-8. Kennedy 4-2 with a 2-1-3. Comes off the 7 shutout innings with 6Ks against Cleveland. Eovaldi, 8 innings, 2 runs against Boston. If you're wondering, one Yankee has crushed Kennedy. Beltron 6 for 18 with 2 home runs. Royals have only seen Eovaldi 1 start outside of Omar Infante, who's 3 for 6. But Dyson's 2 for 2. Gordo's 1 for 3. Kendry's 1 for 3. And Hosmer... One for two. So there you go. That's where we're at on Clubhouse Conversation. In summary, bad game. This is not the Royals. This, this is the exact opposite of what made the Royals good the last few seasons and, and what will, I still think, make them have a very successful 2016. But, but again, the shovel's out. The hole is not dug yet. But it's about three-fourths of the way dug, and the Royals are about to take their first foot step into it here in about a week. It's got to stop. I mean, it really had to stop about five, six games ago, but it's got to stop. Got to start making the plays on defense. Got to throw, start throwing strikes. Got to shake things up a little bit, both with the rotation, which they have done, obviously, with with Chris Young being demoted. They're going to look at his arm, which is kind of scary. But demoted, you know, being demoted to the bullpen and Dylan G taking a slot, that's good. I think Medlin gets one more star, but I do think you need to switch the bullpen rolls a little bit and even consider at some point switching up the lineup, although I know they did score quite a few runs tonight, so that's not going to happen in the immediate future. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. You have 24 hours to nominate a child to be Desi Rutherford's tutorial person. Does that make sense? Tutorial person? The kid the kid will be – Desi will be the kid's coach. There we go. It's an app-based thing called Up17. It's amazing. From anywhere in the world, you know, you'll upload some photos of your child or whatever child it is playing baseball from ages 7 and up. Desi will give you drills to work on. We'll give you written notes. We'll send a video back a few minutes in length at least and be the personal coach. How cool is that? Up17. It's, it's a, a, quite the value, and it's free. Desi's given us five of these to give away for free as they begin the Up17 program. It's an app-based program. Just email me, DaveO, at clubhouseconversation.com. And we'll get you all hooked up, make you a finalist, and we'll draw coming up tomorrow night. Have a great night, and go Royals!